The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation talking Green Bay Packers all day, every day. Zach Rapport here at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod. We are heading into week two. The Packers hosting the Lions at Lambeau Field, and we are set to be joined by Jeremy Reisman to get a bit of a Lions perspective on uh, this year's Lions team, last week's Lions collapse, and and what we might expect on Sunday. Before that, just a quick little Packers update here, sort of the only newsy thing to happen since our last recording. Uh, it's looking more and more like Kenny Clark will miss Sunday's game. Clark, of course, going out just before halftime of last week's game in Minnesota with a groin injury. Uh, hasn't practiced all week and missed practice again today, Thursday, as I record this. Keep checking the blog up until game time for the latest there. All right, guys, let's just get right into it with Jeremy Reisman. Had a ton of fun chatting with him. Nice guy. Really a reasonable perspective. <laughs> Let's hear what he had to say. The number you dialed is Pack Me Packing Company. Happy to be joined now by Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. On Twitter, covers the Lions for SB Nation's prideofdetroit.com. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Zach. How are you? Oh, you know, hanging in there. Uh, feeling. I'm feeling pretty good as a Packers fan after Sunday, uh, as we just chatted about a little bit pre-recording here. You not so much, am I right? Yeah, it, it's been a a rough couple days after the the opener, but you know what? It, it's it's something Lions fans are plenty used to at this point. So, <laughs> only up from here, I suppose. That's a good attitude to have. Where are you uh, <laughs> you located as a Lions coverage person? I'm uh, I'm in the Metro Detroit area. Actually, I I grew up here. I lived out in L.A. for nine years, and then I moved back a couple years later because now we're a, a fully credentialed site, so I can go to the games and all that stuff. Boom! I uh, I had yeah. to ask because I, I did the. Uh, the Skype look up here, peek behind the curtain, and uh, it said it said L.A. Your location is still L.A. Oh. So, and I was sending yeah, you. That's another peek behind the curtain. Coordinating podcasts <laughs> is like I'm sending people. I don't know. It's like it's like Pacific time. Like every time zone, I have to yep. account for. So, 
Sunday was the first crowdless game with like ambient noise. Uh, what did you think about that from like the viewers' perspective? <laughs> it it was interesting. I actually I did I decided not to go to this game just the the first game to to see what it was like to cover games from home again. Um, and I, I liked it, but in terms of watching it on TV, I think the crowd noise being pumped in was a little disorienting, a little distracting to me. I was actually watching some of the film from the Vikings Packers game. And at one point I heard a fan yell out, go for it. And I looked down <laughs> at, and it was, it was first and 10. I'm just like, wait a second. This isn't working. The algorithm uh, is not working. Yeah. But I mean, I, I hear from people who are there, you know, it's just kind of bizarre. It's almost like a high school game where you can just, you, the sidelines can hear each other barking at each other. Yeah. During the game. And that's just kind of a weird dynamic. And I have to imagine it, it's it's super weird for the players themselves. Well, I heard some uh, some beat reporters uh, post Vikings Packers talking about how um, they could really hear the players and the players were doing their best to be loud and, you know, support each other and give attaboys and trying to like fill in the gaps where normally there'd be like a yeah. large a large roar or a boo or or what have you. I personally didn't mind it i'm a like a tv on a low volume kind of guy yeah um, same. especially in in our game greg jennings was getting his first crack at uh, oh. <laughs> being a commentator so mm -hmm. i had the volume as low as possible <laughs> for that um but let's talk about the lions that's why you're here um and i wanted to start um with a little a little matt patricia talk people love to track former belichick guys who leave the nest and kind of strike out on their own we're now into, I think it's season three of Matt Patricia, uh, That's the, right. the Patricia era in Detroit. Um, so uh, across the lake, we hear some positives. We hear some negative things. What's your perspective on Matt Patricia, the coach and the job he's doing so far? Well, the record kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Uh, nine, nine wins <laughs> in two, two years in a game. Um, they've, they've now lost, what is it? I think 12 of the past 13 kind of hard for me to rattle off a lot of positives. You know, he also ostracized a couple players that were really good uh, into leaving and, and Darius Lay and, and to a lesser extent, Quandre Diggs. Um, and it just, I think fans were willing to give him one more year. They were willing to give him this third year and saying, well, let's see if this was all worth it. This drastic culture change from Jim Caldwell kind of being, you know, more authoritarian, more strict, no play in games in the locker room, you know, this very, you know, Patriot way kind of thing where no it's like no off. fun, all business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there is a subset of Lions fans that thought this franchise needed that this franchise needed to take itself seriously for once. And, and so that's why I think people afforded Matt Patricia the time that he's been given, despite the fact that they went from nine and seven, nine and seven to then six and 10 and three, 12 and one last year. So, uh, not off to a good start this year. Uh, I, Personally, if, if you're asking my personal thoughts on the guy, I don't think a, a culture change like that is necessarily what uh, a franchise needs to turn things around. We've seen plenty of loose um, locker rooms succeed. You know, it, it's probably the example that everyone goes to, but Pete Carroll seems to keep things plenty fun and the Seahawks tend to be pretty good every year. And then philosophically, there's a lot of differences that I have uh, in how I think a team should be run. Um, Matt Patricia is definitely of the ilk of run the ball, stop the run. Yeah. I'm of the ilk that era has passed. And I, I do realize football cyclical. We might get back there. There are teams that, that do seem to make that work, but the Lions certainly haven't been one of those teams. And when you got, like, you got a guy like Matthew Stafford, it doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me either. Well, on the other side 
Again, on the other side of the lake there, we have Mike Patton uh, calling our, our defense, who does not care at all about stopping the run, and that's a point of contention among Packers fans. But you took the words uh, right out of my mouth there in terms of there being um, other ways that perhaps we might think is better to run a team in terms of just letting the players be individuals, be young men and have fun. And, you know, it's, I don't know, I just, the authoritarian thing never really appealed to me. And I think, um, not that Mike McCarthy was an authoritarian, but he was very much a straight laced sort of down the middle, um, program manager and, and, um, a little bit of a personality stifler, I think. And in the long run, I felt like that, that, um, it didn't serve his purposes in the latter couple of years uh, of his tenure. Yeah, and I, I think you definitely saw the same thing. Listen, there there are certain players that respond to that authoritarian type. I'm not going to pretend like there has to be a, a one style of leadership that works for everybody. I mean, best case scenario is you got someone that can respond to all different kind of personalities. They can be the authoritarian if, if someone needs it. They can be kind of the loose, fun guy if, if they need it. And people say, and, and there is some truth to it, that Matt Patricia has changed in the, in the two years he's been here. Um, he has been certainly more friendly with the media since things got off to a very rocky start. <laughs> um, and, and we see him kind of, we see him be looser, you know, going on national shows, joking around with his players a little more. Um, but it's also kind of the case that he's brought in guys who like him already yeah. You bring in a guy like Trey flowers or Jamie Collins or Duran Harmon guys who, who sing his praises praises and, and have for years. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to get a little bit more of a friendly locker room when you, when you get guys that either all they know is Matt Patricia at the NFL or, or guys that have had experience with him and, and like how he runs things. So um, I, I, you know, just from a fan point of view, when you see things working out like that, you kind of think, well, who are the guys that we're missing out on because they don't want to be with Matt Patricia? Uh, it seems like the lines are probably pulling from a well of, of you know, limited, talented players. And, and not that guys like Trey Flowers or Jamie Collins aren't talented. They certainly are. But you have to wonder how many other guys' lines missed out on or, or could have had a shot at um, if, if there wasn't kind of this, I don't know, this... this Ver, I mean, this reputation now that, that Matt Patricia has in the NFL after after two years as a head coach. Yeah, it's interesting um, in in Green Bay, the struggle that they have in attracting some players is that, you know, some 22 year old black men do not want to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I can't say that I fault <laughs> them for that. But then, of course, there's other teams um, yeah, where players don't want to go there because they don't like the coaching staff or the philosophy or, um, you know, there's a reputation there that they're not interested. But let's get out of the locker room and talk a little bit of football. The Lions, um, as we sort of alluded to earlier, suffer a late loss uh, to the Bears in week one. I actually got to watch the end of this game. Um, I can only imagine how you felt as a Lions fan. Can you kind of <laughs> give us like a quick debrief? What happened in that game? And, and what do you think last week says about the 2020 Detroit Lions? Well, it was it was really Groundhog's Day for for Lions fans. Uh, you you might remember the Lions' first game of the season in 2019 was against the Arizona Cardinals. I believe they took a 24 to seven lead in that game in the fourth quarter. Lions were up 24 to six in this game, and they ended up blowing the entire lead in the fourth quarter to a rookie quarterback, a guy named Kyler Murray. You probably know him. Uh, <laughs> they end up tying the game in overtime. They very easily could have lost that game in overtime. So. I mean, I jokingly set out a, a tweet at the beginning of the fourth quarter, just kind of drawing the parallels right away and saying, like, let's not let's not feel too comfortable right now. And lo and behold, Mitchell Trubisky throws three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. DeAndre Swift 
rookie in his first NFL game, drops the game-winning touchdown, the second-to-last play of the game. Uh, it's what it says about the Lions in 2020 to me, and yes, there, there are a lot of individual mistakes that led to this. Matthew Stafford threw a late interception that he probably shouldn't have thrown the ball in the first place. The Lions miss a 55-yard field goal, give the Bears good field position. I mean, there's countless mistakes that were made by individuals in there, but the fact remains that the Lions were absolutely in control of this game and let the foot off the gas. And that's something that Matt Patricia has done all the time. We saw it in the in the Packers game in, on Monday night. The Lions had, a, a I think, a nine-point lead late in the fourth quarter. Defense kind of you know, sat on their, on their back heels. Offense couldn't get anything going. They were just trying to run up the clock and uh, we, we saw what happened and, and the Lions blew so many fourth quarter leads in, in 2019. I think it was seven or eight. And to, to start the 2020 season with that exact kind of performance makes you think this coaching staff hasn't learned anything. This coaching staff is, is stuck in their idea that the only way to win a game with a lead is to run out the clock is just to run the ball Get a first down barely. Don't I mean the way the way I put it is Matt Patricia is absolutely more interested in running down the clock than running up the score. <laughs> that's a good way to that's a catchy little phrase there. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's I I hear that's a tough blow. You're excited for the season and you think, you know, we like you know blew a bunch of leads in the fourth quarter. There's got to be a regression to the mean and game one right out of the gate. It, it happens again. So my, uh, my condolences. Man. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've always been that type. That's like close games. You know, they're, they're 50, 50 toss ups. You, you win some, you lose some. If you lose a bunch in one year, you're going to, you know, win a bunch in the next year. But I'm starting to think, you know, this, this is becoming a trend with Matt Patricia. And you have to wonder if there's something he's actually doing. And, and, it, it seems like it, like run, run, pass. That's that's the formula for Matt Patricia to, to win a ball game, and it doesn't seem like statistically that makes any sense. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Well, speaking of the pass, Matthew Stafford behind center, back in action. How do you think that he looked on Sunday and sort of by extension the, the Lions passing game so far? It, it was a mixed bag. I think he really kind of settled in around the, the end of the second quarter there. Um you know, granted, he hadn't played a, a game since last October, obviously missed the last eight with with that back injury, um, made a couple big mistakes, though, down down the stretch that kind of overshadowed, I think, everything. There was the aforementioned interception where he just tried to force the ball, which is something we see Matthew Stafford do a lot. That wasn't really the time or place for it, but he kind of has an overconfidence in his arm and sometimes will, will throw things in tight windows and um, just, you know, third and six when you're when you're up three. Uh, late in the fourth, that's that's not the opportunity to 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 take that chance. Um, he also took a bad sack late in the game that that kind of pushed lines out of field goal range. So you know it was kind of a mixed bag for his debut. Um, there are other things you have to factor in. Obviously, Kenny Galladay didn't play in that game, so he was dealing with a rookie wide receiver in Quintus Cephas. Um, but overall, I think you know we saw the Matthew Stafford that we saw in the first half of last year that was, you know, in the MVP conversation. We saw yeah. that for at least two quarters. Um, and then, you know, the, the the coaching staff kind of put the handcuffs on him in the fourth and, and you know, he made a couple of big mistakes there as well. So as with as always, kind of, you, you take the good with and bad with Matthew Stafford, but I, I still think there was more overall good than bad. And uh, I, I wouldn't suggest any sort of clear regression from him this year. What about uh, Adrian Peterson in blue? That's weird, right? <laughs> I it still is something that I can't like. My brain can't process it when I see him in any sort of lines gear. It's like, what? Am I having a stroke right now? What's <laughs> happening? 
Um, but man, he looked good out there. He looked like he still, you know, captured the the fountain of youth and making cuts that a, a 22 year old could make. Um, 90, 91 yards, which for a Lions running back, that that's essentially 200 yards based on on the team's history since Barry Sanders. A 91 yard game is is a 200 yard game. Uh, so. And considering he didn't even get the most snaps, the the rookie DeAndre Swift had the most snaps among running backs, so he made the most of his touches. I think he was out there for something like 20, 21 snaps, and I think he touched the ball on 16 of those. So, like, when he was out there, he was making the most of it and uh, even caught some passes, which is something he doesn't really do that much of. But, uh, you know, he he's the guy that the Lions have been looking for, developed the, kind of that that power running game run between the tackles and um, it looked good. It just didn't look that good in the end of the game when they really needed it. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons I don't like Adrian Peterson, obviously, but uh, the guy can still run. You can't take that away from him. Yes. And I have all of those same mixed emotions, but, uh, but yeah, it's hard to deny the dude's talent. Yep, definitely. Um, Well, you know, you've been giving Matt Patricia a hard time for how the offense is run, but Really, he's a defensive coach. What did you think yeah. of the defense in this game? Not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if Mitchell Trubisky was a better quarterback, I'm not sure this game would have been close. Um, the, the The secondary still looks like a work in progress, and now it's beat up as well. Pass rush still isn't there. They were a little more aggressive in terms of sending pressure this year than they were last year. They were one of the, the least blitzing teams in the NFL last year. I saw them send four and five and, and I think even on one occasion six, which is crazy by Matt Patricia uh, standards, but nothing seemed to be working too well. Um, the, the Bears were running all over the Lions defense, which, as I mentioned before, Matt Patricia's you know cornerstone on defense is, is to stop the run and they couldn't do that against what I think is a, is a pretty poor Bears offensive line. Um, and then, yeah, their, their wide receiving core, which consists of Allen Robinson and friends, I guess. Uh, seemed to to kind of tear a hole in in that Lions secondary, really all game, but especially obviously there in the fourth quarter. Um, it's just once Trubisky started hitting on some passes, that's when uh, that's when things got from bad to worse, and it really seems like the Lions defense is really just picking up where they left off, which was uh, not good. Bottom five in the league. Yikes! Um, I want to turn uh, our attention to the blog prideofdetroit.com because uh, you posted an article Lions Packers draws the same officiating crew <laughs> from 2019's Monday Night Football controversy Flowers Bakhtiari Blakeman the band is back together <laughs> uh, is this is this article a little tongue in cheek to get some uh, clicks and have some fun or are we still sore about that <laughs> It's a little bit of both. I would say it's 50-50. There are definitely Lions fans that are extremely still salty about that game, and I think understandably so. We get the screenshots Uh, in our timeline on Twitter. It happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, do I think there's any sort of controversy, some sort of tinfoil, you know, conspiracy theory that that the reason the NFL did this was to cheat the Lions out of a win upcoming? First of all, I'm not sure the Packers are going to need the extra help if I'm being completely honest. Second of all, no, I don't believe in conspiracies like that. Um, it is it's definitely a little tongue-in-cheek. It's something I know would get a rise out of Lions fans. It's something they probably want to know, and conspiracy theorists may, may jump all over it. That's fine. I don't care about <laughs> NFL conspiracy theorists. That's that's harmless in, in, in today's world. NFL conspiracy theorists, go for it. Have fun. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a little tongue in cheek there. I don't think Cleet Blakeman has it out for the Lions or has it in for the Packers or anything like that. I mean, if we were 
if we were to list all of the NFL officials that Lions fans have a problem, it's probably at this point, <laughs> most of you them. know, four out of 16, <laughs> at least maybe, maybe half of them. So chances are whoever was going to be officiating this game wasn't going to be someone that the Lions are big fans of. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, you know, you talked about, um, sort of winning or losing close games and regression to the mean. And, and I feel that way about penalties. I think, you know, it's just, sometimes you get a bunch that go your way and that becomes a little bit of a trend. Sometimes it goes the other way. It's all cyclical. It all comes back. And so I'm, I'm not here to say that the Packers haven't benefited from, from some, uh, a few mystery calls or maybe a little bit of floppage, which in my opinion is part of the game. I'm fine with that, sure, honestly. Yeah. Um, but let's not pretend, and I'm talking to Lions fans and also, um, uh, especially Bears fans and Vikings fans. Let's not <laughs> pretend like the the refs just love the Packers and haven't, you know, ruined their chances at going to the Super Bowl <laughs> at least once or twice in my lifetime. So you know, it all it all evens out in sort of the eternal uh, <laughs> give or take. Yeah, and I mean the way I rationalize it, um, because you know Lions fans are absolutely convinced that that officiating has it out for this franchise and and yes there are a lot of really odd calls that seem to have either you know changed the rule books because of something that happens in the lines but the, the truth of the matter is if you play a clean enough game bad calls won't matter yep and the lions have not been anywhere near enough a, a, a clean enough team to overcome those things really since the 90s <laughs> i mean so yeah there's a reason why bad calls seem to always happen to the lions because you notice them when it costs you games and the lines aren't good enough to to have bad calls not cost them games. Yeah, and that was always my retort to uh, Lions fans coming at us in the feed after the 2019 Monday Night Football debacle was like, well, why were the Lions in that position in the first place? Right. So they got out to that big start with with the the flea flicker and all that, and and things were rolling their way. But then, I mean, even after some of those illegal hands to the face calls, like you still can make a play. You can still intercept Aaron Rodgers and, and call it a day. Yep. yep. But they didn't. Well, so far, you don't sound too optimistic, but I always like to end with a prediction. So, um, yeah, Packers, Lions, what are we thinking? <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, we're still really early in the season and we don't know who these teams are. The Lions are really beat up in the secondary, which seems like a really bad thing to be against a Packers team that just tore up a, a Vikings defense that has been dominant in this division for, for almost a full decade. So that's a scary matchup for the Lions right off the bat. But on the other hand, it seems like the Lions always go into Packers week with the same concern that that Aaron Rodgers is going to tear him apart. And really, Matt Patricia has played against Aaron Rodgers fairly well over yeah. the past couple of years and has really kept these games a lot closer than expected. So I kind of expect that to happen again, even though the Lions are, are definitely going to be without their starting nickel and Justin Coleman, who's placed on IR this week. They might be without Desmond Trufant. They might be without Jeff Okuda. You know, that's that's three potential cornerbacks that that, that would maybe normally start that might not be ready. Um, but I, I do think the Lions, for whatever reason, kind of have Aaron Rodgers' number for the majority of the game. And then, obviously, we've seen him kind of pull out some some wins at the end. Um, so I, I don't I don't think I can conjure up enough delusion to think that the Lions are going to win this game. But I do think it'll be closer than, than I think a lot of Lions fans are thinking right now because, obviously, they're all pretty down about how that first game went. So I, I do think the Packers kind of sneak by in a close one, but uh, we'll, we'll give them a good scare. 
I think that's a, a pretty good way to put it, sneak by in a close one. I mean, <clears throat> I think you could you could make the case for, oh, the Packers did so well against the the Vikings, and and that only means great things and gangbusters for the next handful of games. But these division games are so unpredictable. The yeah. little NFC North magic dust gets in the air. It's a muddy picture, and you know you go into uh, a game thinking you're going to dominate or you're going to get blown out, and it's you know nine to five or something right, <laughs> something like exactly that. <laughs> all right man well uh i like to end it uh my little catchphrase is i hope both teams have fun so we'll go with that <laughs> i'll take it i'll take a fun game at this point <laughs> jeremy you're a really good sport jeremy reisman at detroit on lion uh, on twitter covers the lions for sb nations pride of detroit.com thank you so much for joining us and um, have fun this weekend <laughs> thanks zach you too bud later Huge thank you to Jeremy Reisman once again. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, please consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts, patreon.com slash notenugs. If that is your thing, patreon.com slash notenugs, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S. All right, Lions at Packers week two. Let's do this, people. Enjoy the game, and uh, we will be back immediately after the final whistle with our rapid reaction pod. Until then... Let's go pack go and uh, keep your stick on the ice. Here.